Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to Game Over Calgary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you all very much for joining us after a Flames 4-2 win over the Lightning of Tampa Bay. A couple of quick notes here before we get this show rolling. Um, as always, um, thank you, first of all. These are late ones. It's a Saturday night. Uh, thank you for spending it with us, or me, I guess. Uh, the general us. Um, if you are here, you may as well like the video. And while your mouse, like, it's just a quick slide over to subscribe. Uh, we are getting oh so close. Uh, 97.5k right now, which is close to 100,000, which uh, gives us a lot of options to do a lot more fun stuff and make it a lot more fun with you guys. So uh, please do all of that and then share this video as I don't know how many more of these we're going to get to do not game overs we're doing those all season long but game overs after flames victories um as already uh drums games and the Calgary Flames um says in there I'm assuming that's a government name uh but our tank ambitions are getting ruined sigh and I will tell you um drums games and the Calgary Flames I will tell you why this is actually a positive for the tank tonight uh, not, I mean, the two points is obviously difficult, but I mean, whatever. We, we will get to uh, why this was an important win for them, their kids, out on the Flames. Um, a couple of the kids who stepped up in big-time ways. Some of the more unsung heroes of this game. And we will get to your questions at the end of this one um, in the presser. Um, as always, my name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at Primetime Klein. Uh, all right, let's get into this one. And I think the story of the game and the story of the last few games, positively from the Calgary Flames, has been the play of Igor Sharangovich. Igor Sharangovich, um, as someone, uh, as KQ has in the chat here, Sharangovich as well. Um, Ye Goat Sharangovich, as as I tried to, to throw out there tonight. A very nicknameable name, but he is out there getting the damn thing done as he has been such a bright spot for the Flames. Um, and that has been... There's not many of them so far this season, but he has absolutely been a bright spot for this Calgary team. As Jay Money says, uh, Tate needs to be at every game. Yes, I guess I am uh, burying the lead a little bit as uh, pop phenomenon Tate McRae was at the game this evening. Uh, Calgary certainly wasn't greedy with the uh, the goals tonight as they score uh, but four in this one. You have no idea how badly I wanted uh, the Flames to get a goal at 10.35 of one of the periods in this one. Um, but, I mean, that's just, you know, 
That would have been a bit too much on this night. I was thinking of doing this as a full stream of like Tate McRae references, and I, I have a surprising amount, uh, but I, I decided to just go straightforward because that, that's uh, a great performance by the Flames. And again, to get back on track, a great performance by Igor Sharangovich, who was has been everything you could want from the Flames. And I love the path that he has been taking this year for the Flames. Like He starts out on that fourth line as the the center with Greer and whoever. And that was something that I was frustrated with because the, the argument for bringing this kid in in the Toffoli trade is he wasn't going to get the opportunities in New Jersey. He scored 25 goals before, so bring him in and give him more opportunities. And the, the more opportunities, although they were good tonight, is not the fourth line, but he proved that he can play there and he has worked his way up. And you can see the trust they have in him. He's out there, um, even after a turnover that leads directly to a goal tonight, he is out there um, getting the job done with um, the, the other team with their net pulled, right? Like he, with their goalie pulled, sorry. Um, he's been in those spots all season long. He's out there killing penalties. He has worked his way very quickly, worked his way up this lineup. And that is something I think that you like to see, you know, like I know we were all frustrated with the utilization of some of the young kids last year, I guess, specifically um, Maddie Phillips. And while it, it would be like it, it's nice to put those kids in the great situations, right? Like, um, but I, I always argued, like, not everyone who gets called up can go play with Johnny, right? Like, not everyone who gets called up. Now, there wasn't a Johnny last year. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the positive line was for Calgary a season ago. But this year, like, not everyone can play with Kadri and Zari, right? Not everyone is going to get those opportunities. So you have to kind of take what you are given and try to make the best of it. And for Sharon Govich, he has absolutely taken what he has given and made the most of it. And now he's being put in a position where his skill set thrives. That shot is heavy. Um, it, it is an absolute weapon. And it's something that Calgary, even after, even with Toffoli, sorry, they didn't have a lot of that. They don't have a lot of guys who, to, to, skill, uh, to steal a basketball term, they don't have a lot of guys who can score from distance. This is a team that kind of has to score ugly. But Sharon Govich has a shot that is pure beauty. And he is able to, to get that one in there. And it's it adds a real interesting dynamic to this Flames team. And I know there's been a lot of talk in this market about is he a member of this core or anything like that. I am I, I'm a big fan of this kid and what we have seen from him so far this season. Um, and I, I think like sky's the limit for for what he could be right now, given how given how he is playing and given the, the offensive upside. Like, I, I'm not... Sky's limit might be a bit much. Uh, he's not going to score, like, 50 or anything like that. But th this is the type of offensive player that really helps you win and can get really hot really quick, as we are seeing right now from a Flames standpoint. The other one who steps up in this game is Connor Zari. And wh while we are all very excited about a 4-2 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning, there was a stretch where it looked like this would be a, a much different stream this evening with a lot of uh, swear words and frustration going on. But Connor Zari is able to go in and kind of calm things down. Now, it's not all his doing, a lot of it is Vasilevsky just whiffing. But um, Connor Zari gets a big goal at a big time, and I have loved this this kid's game as well. Like, you have Zari with Hagel all over him coming in, and sometimes you try to pass for the perfect shot, 
um, that this was one of those things where you just put it on the net and see what happens. And I feel like that has been an element of Calgary's game that has been missing at times. Like last year, they put everything on goal, but there wasn't anyone there to, to help out for the rebound. There was a bit of a net front presence there. It didn't affect Vasilevsky at all. He just missed it, which is awesome for my fantasy team that has him. But this was a, a smart play by Zari, and we've seen a number of them. And he is another one where he has earned everything that he has so far with this Flames team. He's up to seven goals this season most of them have been the ugly kind and he doesn't really have a build that would make you think that but he has been putting in the absolute work to get into upper put himself in spots to capitalize on opportunities and he has done uh, a phenomenal job with that and so you're looking at this game from the the, the tank standpoint which is uh, certainly gaining more and more momentum as this team disappointed especially over that road trip but these types of games are still important. Um, they're not going to lose the remainder of the games they have this season. That's not going to happen. That um, They're probably not going to be one of the bottom two or three teams by the time the season is done. They might be. Like it's, it, I guess it is within the realm of possibility. Um, but... I, I just, I don't think this team is going to be able to outsuck some of the teams that are actively trying to suck this season. And so these, A, again, they're just not going to lose all these games. B, these types of games are important because I, I do think in, in having shows with former players and stuff like that, I do think learning to win is a thing. And that's why where some of these tanks kind of go off the rails, right? Like tank one through three up in Edmonton became a problem because losing was just accepted, right? And it was just, yeah, well, we're going to lose for a little bit and then we're going to be great and we're going to be awesome. And we're going to win the Stanley Cup. It's like, well, there's a step in there. It, it's like, th this is a, a hard league, the, the National Hockey League. It is the, the greatest hockey league on the planet. So it's pretty freaking difficult to win in this league. And you saw it over the, the course of that road trip where they, they talked about it on the, the TV broadcast tonight. This team had a third period lead in all three of those games and came away with two points. Um, like that's, that, that is, that that is not learning to win. And I'm not saying like, this is going to be the one where now all of a sudden this team is, well, now they have the veteran experience of winning a game in December against Tampa Bay. So everything is fine. But these are learning experiences and these are really, really good um, nights to have from a flame standpoint, because it shows like, Hey, look, we, we are, we are up three, nothing. They've come back and punched us right in the mouth. How do we respond? Well, we respond with Connor Zari getting a goal and this team getting their legs back under them. You, you, these are things, it seems simple for me to say, uh, sitting here with a Star Wars Christmas decoration, a lucha mask, and a, a band shirt on. Um, th these are easy things for me to say, but it's a whole lot more difficult when you are out there and you are in it all the time and you're facing the Tampa Bay freaking lightning, the multiple-time Stanley Cup champions, and they are coming at you to have the experience of being able to win these games, I think is going to be hugely important for players like Sharon Govich and Zari and Pospisil um, and new member of the core, AJ Greer. This is These types of games are, I still think, important to any type of a team, but specifically a team that is trying to develop these young pieces. Um, you need nights like this one to reward good play because that needs to be a thing. We, we've all worked in places where maybe that doesn't necessarily happen. Um, but also to, to learn 
what it takes to win those sorts of games, even if it is just December 16th um, in a season that's going nowhere. Having having those sorts of experiences, I think anyway, are quite important. Um, all right, we are going to be asking for questions coming out of the chat here in a little bit. Keep the chats coming in there while you are... Um, watching this video, hit like, hit subscribe. That stuff would be greatly appreciated. If you missed any of this, A, this video stays up on YouTube for a very, very long time. Um, and B, we have a podcast where all of the game overs uh, end up living. So just check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe everywhere and get caught up on all the great uh, hosts that we have across the game over network. Um, I think Sharon Govich, the big story of this game, but I do think uh, another big part of how Calgary picks up a win in this game is the play of their fourth line. Um, and I know we have not necessarily been kind to Dylan Dubé over the last little while, um, and I'm, I'm going to keep this stream as positive as possible. So I'll just say, uh, of the three fourth liners tonight, he finished third. And I really liked A.J. Greer's game. And this has been such a great just random waiver claim that the, the Flames have. And, like, this fourth line has... It, it's not, like... There, there were times last year where the fourth line was the best line, kind of by default. But I, um... I've really liked what I've seen. And the thing with Greer, man, he puts himself in perfect position always. Now... He does not always have, with all due respect, the skill set to capitalize on set opportunities, but the man's hockey awareness is high. He knows where to put himself to get opportunities. And in this game, he strikes for a goal. Uh, it's five on the year now for him. I thought Ruzichka was really good. This team had a few shifts where they had the other team hemmed in the defensive zone for the entirety of that shift. And that is so important when you can do that, where on the other team, get a full shift in there and let someone else come in and pick up the momentum. That's kind of exactly what you want from this fourth line. And they've been doing it relatively consistently this year. And so tonight, I think they do deserve their flowers or a stick tap or whatever, whatever, however you want to praise this team and these players, they deserve that because it was a, a great, great job by them. And like, as as this tank rolls forward, if they could get anything for an AJ Greer off of a waiver claim, that would be just chef's kiss. Like that's, it's what you do on every NHL game, right? Yeah, waiver claim immediately to trade block. All right, what can we get for him? Seventh, let's go. Um, I, I would maybe aim a little bit higher. It's not a third or anything like that, but if you get like a fifth or a sixth for the kid, um, that would be, that would be a beautiful, beautiful thing for, um, for, for the flames. But for right now, like, I, I think he is showing uh, again, the, the whole part of this season is to see what you have in these young kids and maybe gasp, develop them a little bit. And I think AJ Greer is showing Adam Razichka who can kind of blend in with the furniture for time from time to time as uh stretches go along showing him what it takes to to be this type of a player in the national hockey league on a night in night out basis um someone who gets a, a bit more recognition as things go along is uh Mackenzie Weger and i thought again tonight he was one of the the best flames players and we're a lot of talk about the, the Flames core, like I said, here in the market this week. I, I think you have to include Mackenzie Weger in that he has been everything you could have asked for so far this season and has certainly, like, I, I know a lot of people thought that he was going to be, oh man, perfect Daryl Sutter guy from the Flames a season ago. 
well, it turns out no one was. Um, and now this year, something's been unlocked in his game because he has been so great. And if it, like it, it'll be down to, and a lot can happen in the next three years. Um, but I, I do think that there is. I do think there's going to be a bit of a discussion, as it sits right now, between either Rasmus or him to be captain once uh, Michael Backlund's time with the Flames is done. But, like, I just, I think the world of this kid, I, I think that you can start to see him unlocking a bit of that potential, especially offensively, man. Like, he skates with the puck so well. He's got a really good shot that just gets through always. And th there's just so many aspects of his game that you really like. This blue line is going to be ever-changing as this season goes along, but he is going to be a, a really, really great part of that. And as... Um, uh, as KQ points out in the chat, uh, since he played for Team Canada, I think that that is an excellent observation. I would say he was that that was a a very important um I think stretch for him was the the Team Canada um experience, and I think like that that was a big part like a big part of ba uh, Michael Backlund's kind of development as a player because like we all love Backlund now. That was not the case here for a very long time. And I think a big part of Michael Backlund kind of finding his way was playing at the World Hockey Championships. And, like, even going back, Jerome McGinla really became, like, Jerome McGinla in capital letters when he went and played at the Olympics. And he was like, oh, I... I kind of belong here. Like, I... I, I, I fit in with Joe Sackick and Mario Lemieux. And um, I, I deserve to have Bob Cole calling my games and stuff like that. So I do think that, that there is something to that. Now, luckily for the Flames, they're going to have a lot of opportunities to play in the World Hockey Championship over the next uh, three to five years. So hopefully a few more guys can get experiences like that. But no, that, that's an excellent observation, KQ. Um, and I, I think that Mackenzie Wieger has carried that over into this season and he has been absolutely exceptional. Uh, there's some goalie conversation going on in the chat right now. I was going to put that here, but maybe I will save that now for the presser coming up. Um, overall, uh, just a, a quick wrap of this game. This is, like I said, the type of wins that you look for from young teams to see how, um, how, how the development is going and, and just learn how to win. Th these are the types of nights that I, I really get excited about when you see the young players contributing against the really good teams. And I, I would still, even though they're not a playoff team, I would still factor Tampa Bay into that. Even though this was a bit of a tale of two games and like Tampa Bay came back um, and this was not peak Tampa Bay performance by any stretch. They had zero legs under them for 20 minutes, but they pushed the flames and the flames pushed back. And you like to see that from a Calgary perspective. Uh, so one more time, we are now going to call for the presser. Send your chats in there right now. Uh, and like this video, subscribe, share it with your friends. Uh, I think we got some pretty good stuff between myself and Audie on this, and we want to keep these things growing into 2024. So let people know of the awesomeness that you're experiencing here tonight on a Saturday night in Calgary. Um, and while you're at it, subscribe to the podcast as well. So uh, this one was asked, where is it here? Uh, Lane Sheck asks, what do you want to happen with the goalie situation once Marky is healthy? Um, drums, games, and Calgary Flames. One day I will say that confidently. Drums, games, and Calgary Flames said, let's try a three goalie rotation similar to MLB pitching. Cycle between Markstrom, Vladar, and Wolf each game. Um, I would disagree with that. I... I do think that um, 
I do think that Wolf, I've talked about it before, Wolf benefits from being with the NHL club, right? He benefits from seeing NHL pace, facing NHL shooters, being in all these situations. And in no way has any of the team's struggles been on him. Um, and I, I think he is an NHL goalie, but he is still three of three right now. Um, Vladar was, I, I thought, really great tonight. And like in a perfect world, it is Wolf and Markstrom. Um, I don't like three goalie setups. I, I, I just like CJ's talked about on the CJ show. There's only two nets, um, even at practice. Like one guy is cycling through all of the time and maybe it helps to, to keep guys fresh. But I think Jacob Markstrom is the kind of guy who would like to have two, three, four games in a row. Same with Wolf, right? Vladar, I think has got pretty used to this whole backup goalie thing. Um, but I, I, I do think that there needs to be um, a, a bit of consistency right now. And I, I think that the easiest thing is Markstrom starts, Vladar's the backup and Wolf goes back to the American Hockey League. Um, it, it is again, in exactly zero ways, Dustin Wolf's fault that this is not a comment on how he has played on anything like that. It is just the situation that there is right now. You may as well let him go down to the American Hockey League and just be awesome there for a while. Um, We'll see what happens with Vladar as the trade deadline approaches. I do think that he would be a player that could be of interest to some of these teams just trying to build up their goalie depth. We saw tonight uh, Jake Ottinger gets banged up for Dallas. Um, Toronto is still throwing out Martin Jones into actual NHL games in the year of our hockey gods 2023. Um, so I would assume they would want some goaltending depth at some point this season. And like on down the line, right? Like Carolina's had some problems. Any team. There are very few teams in the NHL. Like, maybe the Flames just played one of them. They put four on the guy. But there are very few teams in the NHL who are going to be like, ah, no, we're set depth-wise at goalie. We'll just roll with what we have. I think Vladar could be someone who gets moved in the flurry of trades that Calgary uh, puts on between now and the trade deadline at the beginning of March. And this is going to be a, a situation where... Um, Going to be a situation where Vladar gets moved and Wolf becomes kind of the 1B towards the end of the season. That's kind of my prediction for how this goalie situation plays out. Paul Singh, would you still have done the Toffoli trade differently? I personally love the trade since day one. I at least talked myself into it. I wished the pick would have been higher, but I, I could see what they were doing. And look, I didn't... I, I will admit... Um, I didn't really have a full scouting notebook on Igor Sharangovich coming into the season, but you, you look at the hockey DB page and, and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, this kid's clearly got a bit of a scoring touch and that's something this team desperately needs. And also, oh, look at that. He's a decade younger. So you, you could, you could make it make sense. Um, so I, I didn't hate it as much as some did that there certainly was a bit of a, huh, uh, around it. And it, it felt like it was the first piece to, to fall and then nothing else after it happened. So for me, I, I I think a lot of my criticism around the trade was just the inactivity after it. I, I didn't I didn't rush out and get a Sharon Govich jersey or anything like that, but I thought it was an okay trade. And yeah, you you do look at it differently now, as Sharon Govich has shown that he can still actively produce at an NHL level on a team that is still for now trying to win hockey games. And he is up there with Elias Lindholm, who is an important piece of things with Calgary, 
and up there with Manjapani. Like, he, he is in a prominent spot already and is producing. So I, I'm not going to say absolute home run, but I, I look at it a little bit differently and a little bit more favorably, obviously, from a Calgary Flames standpoint. Uh, Conrad asking, why is Dubé still a Flame? That uh, They haven't traded him yet. And again, I wouldn't hold my breath on a Dubé trade for a number of different reasons. Uh, on the goalie conversation, Conrad says, trade them both, uh, Wolf and Donsk. Um, look, if, if they could get something huge for Markstrom, I, I think you would absolutely have to consider it. I don't like not having a safety net for Wolf right now. I, I, I feel like that is... Uh, pun 1,000% intended. Uh, I feel like that is throwing him to the wolves a little bit. And so I, I think you do want to protect him a little bit. Um, that isn't throwing Dansk in there to get absolutely shelled for seven goals a game as a, a season winds down. I think having Markstrom as the the adult in the room and kind of the shield for, for Wolf for a little bit is actually a, a good thing. And while uh, Markstrom can be um, maybe a, a little bit of a hindrance to the tank at times, I, I think this team will have no problem losing games. So I... I, I still like to, to keep Markstrom around. I, I understand the um, the how, how gung ho you, you would be on this, but I um, I, I still think you want to, to keep Markstrom around with Wolf there. Uh, KQ Dusty Nickel, yes, uh, Flames legend Dusty Nickel. Brent Cron can uh, strap him up behind Wolf. Um, look, I love Cron. I know um, where I worked um, and still pop in every now and then. Um, uh, it's it's uh, fashionable to take runs of the guy. I think he's really well spoken and really I really enjoy talking about goalies with him. But I've also seen him in person a bunch. Um, I think the Brent Cron strapping up the pads and getting in their days are probably done at this point. Um, that's that, that's probably not going to happen for the former Flames first uh, first round pick um, and uh, radio host all of a sudden Brent Cron. But yeah, Dusty Nickel. Uh, the, a nickel and wolf combination is is going to lead this team to the promised land. Uh, well, at least Uyghur is doing well to justify half of the Kachuk trade. Convenient that the Panthers game is coming up. Not sure if I can say the same for Hubie. Um, no, and I will not call you DGCF. I am every time drums games in the Calgary Flames going to say drums games in the Calgary Flames going forward. If anything, I will call you drums games and CF, but I'm not going to, to just abbreviate it every single time. Um, keep Markstrom. You want a mentor for Wolf and he's put in the work this season. Look like if someone gives you a Godfather offer for Jacob Markstrom, take it and figure it out later. Right. Um, but I, I do think having Markstrom there is a bit of a shield for, for Dustin Wolf. And as uh, Paul Singh is saying here, have uh, a bit of a mentor in there, someone who has done it at the high levels uh, of this sport, um, I think can be a, a, a pretty beneficial thing. As long as it doesn't get to uh, Vancouver-y, um, like with... Um, not Demko, who is Schneider. Um, as long as it doesn't get too Luongo Schneidery, um, which is ironic because Markstrom comes in after that. But um, I, I think that is, if you can have Markstrom be the mentor there, I, I think that does help, at least for the next couple of years. And then after that, Wolf can take over or whatever. But I, I do think that you want to have, um, you, you, when you have a goalie of the level of a Jacob Markstrom, you, you don't just throw it away. Um, you, you 
wait for a, a big offer to, to come in. Again, if that does come, then yeah, we will consider it and we'll we'll figure it out later. We'll try to get Marc-Andre Fleury to be the, the mentor or something like that. Have Brent Cron around more often. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for, for the time being, realistically, Markstrom and Wolf, I, I think, is a fine pair to work through whatever rebuild the Calgary Flames are going to be working through, especially this year when the defense is probably going to become more and more suspect as we look at top four defensemen, um, Osterley or DeSimone, um, as the season rolls along. Um, I think that is where we are going to call it this evening. You guys have been a lot of fun. As always, up next for the Calgary Flames is a matchup with the Florida Panthers. Uh, that game is coming up on Monday. It'll be a 7.30 start. I will be right back here with you talking about um, the mackenzie Weger trade. That's how we're going to refer to it, the mackenzie Weger trade. Um, so one more time, make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends, and I will talk to all of you once the game wraps up on Monday night. Have a great rest of your Saturday night, everybody, and I'll talk to you later. Yeah!